So good morning from Grace Point Church. Uh, We're sitting here live on the stage, but there's actually an empty room of chairs out in front of us. But we want to say welcome. Uh, so even though we're not meeting together here on this campus, we're glad that you're joining us online. Um, I know that there's going to be people who are going to be jumping in and uh, online later as, as we move forward. So, hey, drop us like down in the comments. Just say, hey, uh, where you're meeting from. Uh, just kind of wave to us. Throw in a question or a comment as we move forward with this. But we're glad that you're here. So whether you're watching with people sitting around a breakfast table or whether you're waking up and you've got bedhead and you're watching on your phone or maybe some of you will be jumping in um, online later and catching us maybe at lunchtime or something like that. Again, we want you to participate. So our whole aim today is really to have a conversation, a discussion around like how do we navigate and how do we manage during this time of uncertainty? Like what's the right way? How do we respond? How do we deal with all the fear and anxiety? And we know that with the various people that are watching right now, everybody has different circumstances. And so what we've done is we have invited uh, a panel, some of our friends here at Grace Point Church to speak into to this. And so I want to introduce you uh, to the people who can be joining in the conversation. Again, you join in too with questions and comments. But uh, to my uh, left here is Brett Ferguson. Um, he's a father of three amazing girls. And I can say that because I know them, but um, he's nodding his head. So that's where I'm glad yeah. you agree, right? Yeah. Most, um, of, most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. Okay. Um, but he's also uh, a vendor uh, in the supplier community here in Northwest Arkansas. So we're glad that you're here. Liadra, we've known you for quite some time. How long have you been in Northwest Arkansas? 14 years. 14 years. She's a mom of a third grader and a sixth grader, and she works full time. So we look forward to hearing from you kind of from that angle of things. And then we're excited also to introduce to you um, Dr. Goss, who is president over the Mercy Health Systems here in Northwest Arkansas, um, internal medicine doctor, pediatrics, and I'm saving the best for last. Like, you're a grandfather of two amazing kids. You were, you were waiting for me to say that, yeah, right? absolutely. A- absolutely. And then also, of course, I'm saving my favorite. The uh, best for last. The best for last. <laughs> so my husband, uh, Mike McDaniel, who is the pastor here um, at Grace Point Church. So let's jump in, okay? You guys are giving us questions and comments. We're going to be looking through those. And we're going to try to get to as many of them as we can here. But if we don't... Uh, we're going to try to get the most informed person to respond to your question online at some point today or even over the next few days. So let's jump in because yesterday somebody already, when people were giving comments and questions, said, hey, look, you guys are talking about canceling church. They had somebody tell them that, like, canceling church is the wrong thing to do. So, Mike, as pastor of Grace Point Church, like, why cancel or, or did we actually cancel church? Like, yeah. can you answer that? But there's no doubt that uh, that this has not been an easy decision, an easy process that we've gone through, considering all that is going on in the mayhem of our society today. Uh, but you know, there's this realization that you don't have to go to church to be the church. That actually we can be the church in our community now. Maybe uh, live sent like we haven't in a long time. Maybe this is an opportunity for us. So it's one of those things that we want to gather. It's a, it's a rallying point. It's a time where we get to share and, and show and worship and encourage and inspire. But then there are those times that this is only a place to gather that we're actually called to be sent. 
And so this is a chance that we can be the church in our community. So we didn't ask for it. Uh, we didn't go looking for it. It was presented to us, but the flexibility of our, of our family, our faith family has been awesome. And so we get to be the church and not just go to church. So today we're like gathering and having this conversation here, but also online with people. So let me just kind of ask the question. I know everybody's thinking, so like, what's next? What about next Sunday? Like, how are we going to respond then? Yes, uh, that is going to be a week-by-week decision. We do value the gathering times, and we do know that those inspire and encourage and equip, but we also want to pay attention to the voices in our community that are and in in our globe that are saying gathering together right now this social gathering is social distancing social distancing is probably the the manner that would be best to bring healing to our to our world and so, and so what, what i hear you saying really i mean if i could just say like we want to respond um really out not out of fear right. but really out of you know love and concern for the people in our own community right, right. so with that thought like we had somebody who asked this question online uh, how should Christians react to the medical, social, economical, or economic, psychological uncertainty that's taking place right now? So, Dr. Goss, let's, let's jump into the deep end of the whole medical issue. So, like, we, we see the media, we talk to our friends, people aren't, everybody seems to be an expert or comedian on social media, right? Um, so, are people overreacting, underreacting? I mean, like, is this really a big deal? Because, like, there's other people dying from the flu, so... Like, how big of a deal is the coronavirus? It's a big deal. <laughs> uh, now, do I think there's probably some bis- been some hysteria around how people have responded? Yes. However, I want to thank you for making the decision here at Grace Point and so many other churches, not only around right. here, but around the state, around the country, for practicing the social distancing that we're talking about. This is something brand new to all of us. Um, but the big deal is, is that coronavirus is novel. Our immune systems have never been exposed to it. Flu's been around for centuries. Uh, We have a vaccine to it. We have some medications for it. We do not have any of those things for coronavirus. Uh, And even though it's hard to have a perspective on it right now because we're right in the middle of it. it, you know, in the future, we're going to be able to look back and we're going to be able to you know, distill information and data. Uh, right now, you know, it looks like the uh, mortality rate from the coronavirus from COVID-19 is around 3%. It depends on what you read. You know, even if it's 0.5%, that's still 10 times higher than what the flu is right now. And if you try to compare the numbers, there's millions and millions of cases of the flu, and there are a lot of deaths. But when you look comparatively, this death rate could be anywhere from 10 to 30 times what we have. And so let me encourage everyone, take this seriously. Be prepared. Don't panic. You know, we want to try to go off the facts, not fear. But we don't know all the facts right now. We're learning facts every day, every week. Um, And so I would ask everyone to practice caution. Don't be cavalier about this because... Part of what we're trying to do here is buy time. Uh, If we didn't put in place some of these things that are going on, then we're going to see a much more rapid uptake, uptick uh, in the spread of the virus. And uh, we could easily kind of overwhelm our healthcare systems. So if we can just blunt 
you know, the communicable factor of this. If we can keep the trend down, yeah, are a lot of more people going to get this? Yes. Um, but that's why the social distancing comes into place. Uh, and so I think it's socially responsible for the church to be a part of that. Right. Um, and I want to thank you, and I want to thank so many others that are doing the same thing. Please take it seriously. So you, you, you said basically don't be cavalier, but do exercise you know, caution, we don't want to overwhelm our healthcare system. We've already seen the toilet paper system. Like it's already, we've already overrun that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, can you spare square? Anybody on here? Anybody waiting, out there? You've been waiting all morning to say square. I have. Square. I've been waiting just for the right time to say that. So let me like throw out some kind of popcorn questions to you as well, Dr. Goss, yes. uh, because like people are asking specific things pertaining to their life. So not cavalier, but, but cautious, but yes. like, like, how do we know when it's safe to gather with other people again or not? Or someone said, you know, we're over 60. Is it true I should stay home for two weeks? Uh, do we cancel our vacation to the Bahamas? Like, how long do we anticipate and how do we respond to those kinds of things? Yeah. yeah. Well, again, there's no perfect answer to any of those. You know, you hear about keeping a distance of six to ten feet. That really kind of has to do with if you call for sneeze, that's how far particles, droplets can go, which is what spreads uh, the virus. Um, so, you know, the more people that come from different distant places, not even out of the country, you know, now it could be surrounding states. You just don't know what everyone else has been exposed to at this point in time. Um, so, you know, go plant a garden, <laughs> go ride the bike on the bike trails, uh, go take a hike. You know, it's congregating with people, y you know, and we're asking for social distancing, not social isolation or withdrawal, but, we, but you just have to be sensible about it. And yes, you know, if you've got heart disease, lung disease, if you've got diabetes, if you've got any sort of immunocompromise, you need to be extra cautious. Um, you know, I'm in this age group now that they're talking about that's at risk, which really makes me mad to tell you the <laughs> truth. Um, but you know, if you're 60 to 70, uh, mortality rate may be around 4%. If you're 70 to 80, it's 8%. If you're above 80, it's 15 plus percent. Uh, so caution, we still have to be cautious. We don't have to stop everything, but limiting the crowds, knowing better who you're with and kind of where they've been. And I would just say any, any travel, and you know, don't take this as the gospel, but any travel that includes uh, air, air, airfare and air ride, um, you know, being on a cruise ship, be very, be very careful about that. Right. Driving by private vehicle, going to camp in the mountains, have at it, you know, have a great time. Uh, but just be careful. You know, as, as I sit there and think about the, the social distancing, you can go to an extreme, though, it feels like, that you almost go to isolation. And I know caution and wisdom and and so forth, but how do we guard against moving into this isolation, which then can lead to depression, which then can lead to feelings of loneliness and so forth? I mean, I'm going to kick it over to Brett. Brett, you're a small group leader. You, yeah, yeah. you live in the vendor community. How do you guard against loneliness? Yeah, no, I think it's a, a fair question, right? And, um, you start thinking about the mental health and emotional health impact of this for all of us. Um, and I think that's where you know, we're blessed for to have technology, right? So I have, I have a buddy whose mom's in the hospital this morning, right? And I'm, I'm making sure I am being 
extra intentional about one of the first things I did this morning was, you know, text my friend and say, hey, what's, what's the status of your mom this morning? How are things going? So there's technology things that enable us. And, and I think, you know, back to the caution thing of um, if you know who you're around and, and where you've been, there's no reason to um, lock yourself in the room and, and not leave for, for days or weeks on end. Yeah. So let's kind of stay a little bit along that trajectory and um, kind of continue that thought, Brett. So um, as believers in Jesus Christ, I mean, is there a right response that we should be having during this time? Uh, I mean, I think every family in, in person needs to respond the way they do. I, I do know this. If we go back and we look at history, right, and, and the history of Christianity and the uh, second century, there was a large plague that was sweeping through the Roman Empire. And it was actually a part of how the Christian church grew and the Christian faith grew during that time is the response of Christians then was much different than the response of everyone else mm -hmm. in the sense that they actually began to care for people around them um, in a very inten intentional way. While the culture was very focused on self-preservation and self-care, uh, Christians had much more of a social responsibility view of this, of we're going to take care of one another. And that's part of what led to the gospel spreading through that time. And so I think if you look at history, you go, yeah, no, there's an opportunity for us to respond um, with not fear and self-preservation, but selflessness and care for others that is meaningful. So um, thank you, by the way, for um, putting questions online. We've got some of those that are coming in, and I want to ask one. Mike, I'm going to ask you this question. So um, there are people that... Uh, they have the ability, the privilege to go to the store and stock up on things, right? Like so toilet we, paper. Like toilet paper or 15 boxes of cereal or whatever it is, you know, that they want. Um, but there are other people who are living paycheck to paycheck. Like there's absolutely no way that they can go to the store and stock up. So the question is this. Um, is it prudent or is it selfish to stockpile resources during a time of panic? You know, it's... <laughs> So much of this, I would label it fear-mongering almost, where we are, we are reaction, being very reactionary. Because if you go to Acts chapter 2, just in the very beginning of the church, what they did in time of need is they brought all their, their goods together and, and provided it for people in need. So I don't necessarily think the, the, the biblical or the Christian response is hoarding it all in my pantry. It's actually opening my pantry and say, who has needs, uh, who, who is in need that I can share with? I think that's the better biblical response to this. I think that's part of, when we talk about like, okay, how do you live sent during this? One of the ways to do that is to be a good neighbor. Right. And, and I think that's part of the neighboring thing is, hey, I, I need to like, kind of reengage and learn how to be a neighbor, because in so many of our communities, as we drive in, we close the garage door, we live behind the privacy fence. Mm -hmm. We don't have a lot of engagement in my neighbor's lives, uh, in our neighbor's lives. And so um, it's awesome. We live in a little bit different world for, for my family. We have great neighbors and we're close to them. And even this week, there was a lot of, hey, I'm at the store. They have this. Do you need it? Uh, mm -hmm. No, we're good. OK, so just caring for each other, making sure that, hey, whatever I have is, is also yours. And, and that's part of, you know, the, just the art of being a good neighbor to people. Which, by the way, if uh, you go to gracepointchurch.net slash coronavirus, we actually have uh, a link that you can click on. So, like, if you're somebody who you're listening right now, like, don't be embarrassed to say, hey, I've got a need. Mm. Like, we want, we want to help right. with that, right? And so we actually have a place that you can click on, gracepointchurch.net forward slash uh, 
coronavirus, you can click on that link. Let us know what your need is because we have people at our church that are right now, like they're ready and waiting and willing to help people in need. I've, I've even gotten emails from, uh, from, from some of our church members that they're off of work right now because of maybe their work is not working, uh, is, is not requiring them to go in. And one of them said, hey, we're a foster family. We're a approved family. We don't have any kids in our house right now. We are opening up our family for maybe a family who, who now has lost their child care and we'll help watch their children. So I think it, that's the, where the church becomes the church and we don't just go to church. There's one verse that just came to my mind in the midst of this and it's in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 when, he, when God has not given us a spirit of fear but a power and of love. And I think about that in a sound mind. I think about that as like, Really, our response to this is not fear, but the antidote is love. So how can I express love in this season? And that's one of the greatest, uh, I think, ways we can fix it. Yeah. yeah. And there's also, like, for families, if they're worried about getting out or, or, you know, they're wanting to be responsible with their social distancing, there's so many things that they can do, like writing letters to the elderly that are in nursing home, if you're looking for things for your kids to do during this time, show them the love, show them, show them uh, the compassion that we're supposed to have by, by writing letters or just a simple phone call. We forget, like we're, it's the age of technology, a phone call does so much for right. somebody's right. soul. Right. You yeah. can easily do that. Right. So, Leodra, speaking of kids yeah. and families and parenting during this time like how do we as parents like how do we navigate this conversation with our kids so we've you've got everything from you know first graders who are going to the store with their mom and seeing empty shelves mm -hmm. to you know seniors in high school that their state championship just got canceled so you know facing that disappointment so how do we as parents have this conversation uh concerning the coronavirus and dealing with their fear and anxiety well, I think I think the first thing is we see we, we need to see this as an opportunity to speak into them and to help them understand different things that are in life. Um, but we need to open up the conversation with them. They feel the anxiety and the fear from us. Mm -hmm. They see it in the stores when they're when they're walking through there. And sometimes we don't realize, oh yeah, they may not know as much information as we do. So for my family, we sat down and we had a family powwow and we just started talking about, okay, here's the truth. Like here's, here's some of the facts that are happening, but we did it in a calm manner. And then we also just gave them space to process their own emotions and their own feelings. It's okay to feel disappointed that our basketball games have got canceled. It's okay to feel disappointed that our vacation got canceled and we're not going to get to go to Disney World now. Mm -hmm. Or um, it's okay that we feel that fear and anxiety. Um, let's let's give you some space to talk that out. Um, but then always pointing them back to here's the why behind what we're mm -hmm. doing. As a family, we care and we have compassion for those who may. Um, you know, their immune systems may not be able to handle this and we have compassion for them and that's why we're practicing social distancing. That's why we're not going on our vacation. And we can also use those times to be like, hey, 
Let's build a fort. Let's have some fun. I want like to go to your house. Yeah, like we don't have to just like be all sad and and like distant from each other within our own family. Like let's enjoy this time together. I, I, you know, it's funny you said that because there's been some incredible interaction with our with our members and like one of the families uh, emailed me yesterday said, "Yeah, we broke out our board games and we we he's like I can't remember the last time we broke out the board games, but it's like the families get to be creative in this time. I know you've got some resources that you put online for them on the resources page. So yeah, so we've got a couple of different things. We've got some some conversation guides on how to deal, how to talk to your kids about fear and anxiety. There's some really good resources that Orange put together. Um, and then we also have, there. here's some of the things. What do I do if I'm having to stay at home? and work and so are my kids. So um, I put together a schedule that you could do with your kids to help give them some routine and some structure, things that they get at school normally. Um, but also uh, like here's some, here's some rules to establish <laughs> with If we're gonna be home, don't just like let them come up with their own plans. Yeah. Yeah. You, you have the plan. If you don't have a plan, they will. So, so set some standards, set some expectations, set some schedules and some guidelines, and then enjoy it together. Yeah, that's so great. Binge so binge watching Netflix is probably not the most. I mean, they're thing. probably going to end up going <laughs> crazy afterwards because they've been sitting too okay. long. So it's a good. You need to balance physical activity okay. with online activity. Yeah. So I love it that you've curated those resources. And again, like that's also like on our URL, GracePointChurch.net/slash/coronavirus. You can go there and you can find those resources that have been put together for you to use at the same place. Um, again, just drop your questions in the comments as you're watching online. We actually had one come in. Uh, Dr. Goss, I'm going to throw it to you. Um, for an elderly family member living alone, should we stay away from them to keep them safe? Hmm. Well, it depends on kind of where you've been, who you've come in contact with. Uh, part of the uh, unknown right now is uh, when and how will there be community spread. Not because I know I've been with someone that's a known case or I've traveled somewhere where there were a lot of cases, but now it's just traveling around the community like a regular flu would. Um, so there needs to be caution. But for sort of that isolated uh, sort of visit that's not a group, uh, absolutely do that. Wash your hands, wash your hands, Wash your hands. You mean you don't have to have hand sanitizer? You don't have to have hand sanitizer. There is a thing called soap and water that still works. Uh, it's even preferable in oh, a lot of instances. Okay. Yes. So wash your hands well. Don't touch your face. You know, don't walk in and rub your nose and go give them a hug. Uh, but yeah, go sit with them, have a conversation. That would be great. Awesome. Uh, but just, again, think about all those things. Think about surfaces being contaminated. I'm not a germaphobe. But everyone needs to be a little bit of a germaphobe right now, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and so if you, you know, I don't usually think about these mm -hmm. things, but here recently it's like every light switch mm -hmm. I hit, you know, every elevator, elevator button you might touch, every surface you might put your hands on. You, you know, I, again, I'm not trying to be fear-mongering, 
Just be cautious. Well, yeah. you wouldn't even shake my hand this morning I when didn't. you came in the building. We I did didn't a little like that right there. That's so right. this is going to be the new thing. And it seems right. completely <laughs> awkward, doesn't it? Uh, and hey, it doesn't we, even feel very social. We can air, we can uh, air five, uh, like air across five. the room. Right. You don't have me hanging. Like, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> Knuckles are probably okay. Yeah. They're probably okay, too. So um, it came up, like, even with our families, like, this is not ideal circumstances, right? But we do want to leverage the circumstances, even as opportunities, even with our families. Brett, um, can we think of that in the same way with like people that we work with? Like, how do you be sure, yeah. a good employee right now yeah. or a good employer? What does that look like, especially for a Christ follower? Yeah, no, I, I, that's a great question. I think it's the same thing we've talked about in, in our neighborhood and our families, right? The, this creates a different type of opportunity for all of us in every area of our life. As far as being an employee, look, a lot of us working from home, you know, I, I know my biggest guess for my team, is, and I know my team will, is like stay engaged, right? It, it, I'm still an employee of this company. We haven't closed the company, mm -hmm. right? So I, I got to continue, and you know I'm a big fan of this. Like I got to continue to make excellence my standard at work, even if I'm at home mm -hmm. and there's a kid crying in the background and everything else. I got to do what I can do. Um, a, as a leader, right, in, in our jobs, as an employer or whatever, I, I think the big opportunity there is, like we should be doing all the time is to enter into people's personal lives with care, compassion, empathy, and people who are willing and you feel like they need a place to just express their emotions. That's a tremendous opportunity for us to not only just be um, a supportive boss, right, a supportive manager, a supportive leader, but also to um, understand more of where they are and how they view the world mm -hmm. spiritually, right? And so part of what, I go back to the early Christians, part of what they did in addition to helping care for people was they reframed kind of the mindset of the world around them about why things happen. And they, so they were in, in those discussions. And I think that's an opportunity for us even in the workplace right now. Yeah, that's good. So uh, when, you, when you think about in the workplace, uh, you've got, Paychecks. Some people are contract yeah. workers, and like now yeah. they're not sure if that's going to, you know, even be there. Um, you've got people who are looking to retire yeah. in a couple of months, and now they're looking at their investment fund and they're thinking, "I just added years of work to catch back up." Right. So, how do, can we address as followers of Jesus Christ? Like, can we address the financial tension that we're feeling? Yeah, a couple of things well, on the. On the investment retirement 401k side, I mean, you know, you just look at it, you cringe this week and try not to look at it, right? <laughs> um, and if you're closer in, I, the verse that came to mind for me on this was Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, mm. where Jesus is talking to his disciples and says, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. And he says, well, look at the birds. They don't store. They don't, they don't gather. Like the birds don't have a 401k, right? And every day they get up and, and your father takes their, care of them. I think this is an opportunity to really internalize, do I trust Jesus mm -hmm. in every aspect of my life? And that's hard to do when the stock market is down 2,000 points. I get it, but I think that's the challenge for us. And, and you can't change those facts, right? On the, I, I do think the other thing, on the contract worker side, mm -hmm. I, I do think a lot of us need to be more aware of um, what privilege economically allows us to do, right? Like you can go, some people can go and buy 14 packs of toilet paper and not think twice about it. Not everybody in our community can. And so I also think there's an opportunity for generosity here of like, hey, there are people who um, deal with food insecurity and they need the schools to give their kids two meals a day. There are people who, do, who can't stock the pantry like some of us can. And, and I think there I know there are a lot of charities here in Bentonville that are working actively mm -hmm. to try to help mitigate some of those issues. And I think it's a great opportunity to engage in some of that. Well, it's it's Matthew 22 
it can can just be so lived out right now to love our neighbor as we so, love ourselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, if we're like shopping and storing and stocking our, our pantries, then let's do the same for you and I, the elderly lady who lives across the street all by herself, then we're literally going to reach out to her and say, you don't have to go to Walmart for the next two weeks. We are here to yep. serve you. And so right. that is loving our neighbor as we love yeah. ourselves. Yeah. So I, I, we Lori, have a, I, I yeah, really think that showing that confidence in our faith in God is something especially to show our kids mm-hmm. during this yeah. time. And I think all that you've been saying is just fantastic. I, you know, I think about in Luke 10, the story of the Good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. You know, he started off by saying, Lord, how do I have eternal life? Right. And he said, well, what's your reading of the scriptures? And he says, you know, to love the Lord with all my soul, all my strength, all my might, all my mind, uh, and to love my neighbor as myself. And Jesus said, rightfully so. Well, then he wants to go on and kind of prove himself. <laughs> and he says, well, you know, who's, who's my neighbor? Uh, and he tells the story of the Good Samaritan. And so the, the summary there is, you know, who was the neighbor? Um, so, said, like, well, uh, people who are listening right now, they might not, some may not know that story. They're trying to, like, dig it up, you know, back uh-huh. in their mind. Like, so who was it that actually ends up ministering to the person laying on the, you know, the, the, or the person laying on the street? Right. Um, like, kind of give us a little bit of that story because I think that that's very applicable. Right. Mm-hmm. So someone's robbed. Right. Laying on the road. And a, and a priest comes by and passes him by because... Uh, you know, he's unclean, if you will. A Levite comes by, someone that's a scribe, you know, part of the religious system. He passes by for much the same reasons. But a Samaritan who's sort of an outcast in society, sort of a half-breed to the Jews he was at that time, comes by, has pity on him, takes him, treats him, puts him up for a night and gives him money and say, you know, once he's well, let him go on his way. And so Jesus asked that young ruler, lawyer, so who was the neighbor? Uh, and he says, well, obviously it's the one that kind of took care of him. Uh, and, and to me, you know, you could think about the Good Samaritan story as talking about social discrimination and some other things. But it's, it's to whom do you make yourself a neighbor? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. It doesn't, neighbor doesn't have anything to do with who lives in your area. Mm-hmm. It has to do who do you reach out to right. to make your neighbor. And so... It's great to stockpile and to, well, maybe not stockpile, but to stock up. <laughs> stock up. As long as you're willing to share that with someone right. when the time comes. Mm-hmm. And we may well find ourselves in that right. state here soon, especially for those, so many in our community that don't have. Yeah. And, so, how, and how you do that reflects onto your kids. They're mm-hmm. watching everything. And they're watching every, and watching every so way that we're responding Emotionally, this. physically, financially, every everywhere. bit of it. Yeah. So what you were saying is true. Is when they when they see you caring for your neighbor, you are being a sample example to them, so that they will in turn do that to their neighbors. Mm-hmm. It's a model it's they a, won't it's forget. It's a model. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's a great word. Um, so thank you guys again for who are listening and engaging with us online. Um, we're really glad to be able to have this conversation, even participate with you. Um, we had a question come in. This is just a very practical question. And then I want us to take some time, and I want to go back to the, the whole heart thing here in a minute, Mike. But um, so practical question, like, is it okay to have play dates? So you got the mom who's about to pull her hair out. She's got, you know, kids at home. Like, can she get together with another 
mom who has several young kids, like, I don't even know who to ask that to. Like, Lee, I just play like, yeah, sanity and Dr. Zagas is going, wait, germs. You know, I don't know who to go to on that. Listen, nothing, nothing is risk-free. But it would be a great way to, yeah, go do that. But here, everyone, here's the hand Let's. sanitizer as we hit the playground. Here's the hand sanitizer as we leave the playground. Uh, but, yeah, let's go have fun. You know, here's, here's the good and bad thing about coronavirus. You know, 80% of people that get it hardly even know they have it. It's a very mild disease, which is fantastic. The bad part of that is 80% of the people have it and don't really know it and can be infecting other people. Mm. Uh, so, you know, that's the dilemma that we're in right now. And so it's much more severe for those risk categories that we talked about. So, yeah, go, go do those things. But practice all those things we've talked about. Uh, you know, cough into your sleeve, wash your hands, try to keep your distance. Kids can't do that. But, you know, going up and down the slide and on the monkey bars and everything else, just sanitize your hands a lot. But that good activity really is going to be Really, I would add to that is, like, communicate to your kids before you go. Like, have a little powwow with them. Explain to them. Here, this is what we have to do in order to do this appropriately. Like, here's how you wash your hands. Here's how you do this. That we forget that they don't, they don't know that. Like, we have to teach them or educate mm -hmm. them in how to do this. Mm -hmm. so. Great. So we we have covered, I, I mean, a broad you know thing of topics and and so forth, which I think is really great because I think it's the things that. People uh, at home are thinking about it's the questions that they're asking, it's the things they're wrestling with, with their kids, decisions that they're having to make. Um, so we've, we've talked a lot about those kinds of things, but Mike, I want to go to um, kind of that, that personal um, anxiety, that inner tension that's like, you can say whatever, and you can mm -hmm. lay the rules, and you can have the conversations, but sometimes there's just that fear internally, that anxiety, that tension that exists with inside, and maybe nobody even knows right. really about it. We don't know how to resolve it within our own heart. So, like, can you address that? Like, how do we, how do we deal with that personally in our own heart? Yeah, it, you know, there is the reality that we, we deal with this tension of, is it really safe to go out, all that kind of stuff, you know, and then the financial burdens that we've talked about, it's, it, it's all so real. And uh, so I've just been combing through the scriptures because so much of my life is built not just upon what I say, but how I live my life. And I realize that anxiety and fear and, and uh, things that I struggle with, just like everyone else struggles with, it, it's very real. And, you know, the Lord took me to a number of passages of scripture to, to the point finally that I just started copying and pasting them. And then on our resource page again, is literally a guide to some of the verses that God has been calming my heart with um, in this season that we're in. And so they're out there and they're available for you to, to look at. But one of those is from uh, the book of Isaiah when he says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I, I just think that what, what am I going to focus my mind on? What am I going to center my thoughts on? The fear, the, is there going to be beans and rice on the shelves at Walmart? You know, there's so many things. Can I go on my vacation? There are legitimate concerns, but where is my focus going to be? Got to deal with these concerns. Where's my focus? My focus, my staying point, my focus point is going to be up on him. And then there was a couple of other verses in the Psalms and so forth that just stood out to me. Whenever in Psalm 55, he tells us, cast your burden on the Lord and he 
will sustain you. There's literally, we have an incredible God who wants to be in our day-to-day mess, in our uncertainty, in our uh, complexities of life. He is not a distant God. He is so personal, so real that he sent his son to be with us, to live with us, to walk among us. And we we're doing a study right now in the gospel of Mark and 18 miracles are recorded in 16 chapters. And all of them are dealing with compassion, dealing with care, dealing with healing. And so we have a very in-touched God. He's in touch with us and he tells us that he will sustain us. And that's just an incredible idea that I cast my concerns, my burdens on him. And it's not just in Psalms, it's repeated in the New Testament. Jesus tells us to come to him and to cast our burden on him. He'll give us rest. And I like the next verse. It says, rest for our soul. When we're dealing with anxiety, we're dealing with a whole lot of lack of rest in our soul. One more verse is whenever Peter records in his writings, he says almost what David says. He says, cast your anxiety on him, Jesus, because he cares for you. So everyone on this stage expresses a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and if you're watching this because this got shared to you or you're watching this just because you're, you're just trolling the Facebook right now and you woke up this morning, I want to encourage you to know this, that there is not an emergency meeting going on in heaven right now. God was not caught off guard by the coronavirus. Uh, Neither do I believe he invented the coronavirus. The reality is, is that in the virus or in the circumstances that we're in or in the uncertainties that we may be facing individually, he's present. He wants to be real. He wants to bear the burden with you. He wants to give your soul rest. He wants to sustain you. So my encouragement to you is to lean in on a personal relationship with Jesus and what does that mean in a day-to-day grit and grime of life. And if you want anybody to talk to, we have a bunch of people on the stage and off the stage that would love to just share with you. You can contact us on Facebook. We will be in touch with you within 24 hours, I promise you that. So that's what I would say today as we're struggling with all of the uncertainty, cast our cares upon the Lord. He will sustain us. Yeah, that's a great word. Um, I love being able to have this conversation here. I love it that we have technology that we can have the conversation like even out there. I know that there's going to be people who will tune in like later this afternoon. We still want to hear your questions. We want to interact with you. And, And here's the thing, like this is all new. There's so many unknowns and we don't like pretend to have all the answers. We want to go to experts who do know some of the facts like like Dr. Goss and so forth. Um, And we want to point you to some of those people or to resources on gracepointchurch.net forward slash coronavirus. You can go there, find resources. You can tell us any need that you may have or of someone that does have a need. But like just almost like some of that, what I hear you guys saying is this is like at the very beginning, Mike, basically you said that the coronavirus, like it's an interruption, but it's not a disruption of the church of God. Like let's be the church. Um, we, we heard from Dr. Goss, like, don't be cavalier 
but exercise caution because there is you know, real risk that are out there. Use opportunity for family time and be, be a good neighbor. Um, and your neighbor isn't always the person who lives next to you. It could be somebody that you just know or somebody at work. And so we want to live sent, as we say here in our church, which is simply sharing and showing Jesus uh, with everyday people and in everyday conversations. And so that's our challenge to you. Um, we're going to listen to a song that we want to share with you. It's written by um, some members on our worship team. Put this song together. It's just an opportunity, whether you're sitting by yourself or maybe you're gathering with your family, to kind of like listen to the words, let your heart go into a posture of prayer and of worship. And we're going to share this song with you. But thank you all for joining in this conversation. And let's just listen to these words and worship and pray together to an amazing God who is sovereign over all things.
Me, you have heard my cry.